Does the law really work the way TV and movies depict? Let's discuss with Christine and Christine. Hi, everybody. So happy that all of you are able to join us again today. And we are here on our podcast, and it is episode two, season two of Law and Pop Culture. We're so excited for all of you to join us. And, you know, this is the podcast where we talk about things that we've seen in the movies, read in the papers, or about celebrities. And that's anything that's state state related, anything related to guardianships. And we ask that burning question is that how it really? happens. So we're very excited to have all of you join us today. I'm Christine Mattis. I'm Christine Karen Zahagurski. And we're both going to be talking about this movie that uh, it's interesting. Again, hadn't heard of it called Gifted. It was out mm-hmm. in 2017. I got to give credit to Mariana, Chris. Uh, Mariana is the one who helps us does some research and picks out things that are interesting in the news. And she Mm -hmm. does pick out quite, I mean, for me, it's almost like three in a row movies. I'm like, Oh, I didn't hear about that. So this is what happens when you're in your like late forties, early fifties, right? We're not watching these movies anymore. We're still looking at the movies that we liked back in the eighties. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. These other movies have come up because they have been so on point with you know, the, this topic that we are always talking that we're talking about at this podcast, right, Chris? But isn't it funny? I guess when you start to focus on it, then you start to see it. It's kind of like when you're saying, I'm, I want to buy this type of car. And then also you see them all, all over the place. So I think you start <laughs> to focus like any, they go, oh, what other movies have this type of topic? What other movies have issues that we've dealt with at the office? So, but I, I thought this is pretty interesting. This is yeah. pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's talk about, you know, let's talk about the movie here. Like you said, it was it's gifted to from 2017. So let me give you a quick rundown of like what happens in the movie. So this movie is about a seven-year-old girl named Mary. She was living with her uncle Frank since she was six months old after her mother, um, Diane, committed suicide. Um, no real indication. And it doesn't seem to me that there was actually any kind of legal document set up to make him the official guardian. But she started living with him, okay? Um, And Mary was brilliant. And he kind of knew, Frank knew that he would, she was probably brilliant. But so he homeschooled her for quite a while. Um, But at some point he realized, I need to get her out there with kids her age. So as first day of like school, Turns out, you know, they already figured out that she's a mathematical genius. And the school's like, oh, let's put her in like private school. We'll get her a scholarship because she's really one of those kids. And he's like, no, that's not what my sister would have wanted. Um, And so what happens is, you know, the principal of the school gets involved. He's like, oh, you know, this is this is not doing the child, you know, a favor. Finds out who the grandmother is. So, you know, Frank, you know, Chris Evans um, had a sister, his sister and pretty much his mother. Mother was just not a very nice person, I guess, when when it comes to her children, because what happened was she tried to get involved with the child Mary's life, little seven-year-old Mary's life now. Now she wanted her to move to Massachusetts. This happened, by the way, down in Florida. Um, Wanted her to move to Massachusetts, go to a private school, go through this you know, to become this mathematical prodigy. 
And of course, Frank's like, no, that's not what she wanted. She engages in a custody battle to make sure that she's in control of this child. And instead of losing, he said, okay, Frank said, okay, let me, let me agree to something where you can, you know, a foster, a foster family can have her at home and she can go to this private school that, you know, the principal was really, you know, anxious for her to, you know, attend. Um, and at first he was really, Frank's really upset because he was finding out that Mary, allegedly Mary didn't want to see him. But what actually happened was the grandmother was in that same house and, you know, long story, but what happened was she was actually there in that house and mm -hmm. somewhat controlling the whole situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, he finds this out. He decides, you know what? I am going to give you something that you've been wanting all this time to negotiate, you know, getting the child back because grandmother really only wanted to kind of, um, I guess with her daughter, with her original daughter, her daughter who passed away, she had been some kind of another mathematical prodigy that was supposed to um, solve some kind of mathematical thing. Sorry, I don't know these okay. things. I know I have Boy, to say it's a different language for me, but it was a it was yeah, big. I was I'm gonna say it was just big math going this, on. Karen? What is this? So you know, Frank happened to know what it was. He gave it to his mother so that he, in exchange, he can get Mary, and Mary ends up back with Frank. Um, which is, you know, what it should have been from, from the get-go. Yeah. But so legal issues here, which I found really interesting. First of all, how did this child, her mom passed away, there doesn't seem to be a, anything really in place because all no. of a sudden there was a challenge to him being the custody, to, to have custody. And that's because he was never appointed the guardian. Um, there was never a will probably that appoints who, you know, the mom, the deceased mom wanted to be the guardian of her child. So here it was so easy for grandmother to say, I should have custody. Of exactly. I should be in charge. Right. Yeah, And that's where the mess starts. Right. I mean, yeah. because again, when you don't appoint someone through a will, for example, mm -hmm. uh, it is up, up for grabs. You know, mm -hmm. my fear, what if nobody wants to step up? Now what? Like what, you know, someone will say, okay, I'll, I guess temporarily, but I wasn't really thinking of having kids, things like that. It's very, and I mean, and, and like we had said in one of the podcasts, you know, uh, remember we were talking about baby boom and can you, can you inherit a baby? And again, you know, we're talking about a human being, you know, it's not like, you know, here's, here's this car. We'll see who wants it. Nobody wants it. Sell it. Oh, I can't do that with a child, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, really um, that's a big issue you know, for all of our clients, we've always said having a, a will is very important. But to me and Chris, we both agree. Mm -hmm. If you're a family that have young children, minor, that's really the ultimate reason why to have a, a very least a last will and testament, because then then we know who's who's going to be helping raise your child with your standards, with your morals and your, you know, your dreams, share your own goals and that you trust and there's no flip-flopping this house, that house, and fights. Oh, it's terrible. You I know. Want. It's your child, you know, you know, and that's what it comes down to. It would have been, you know, here, what was, what's definitely the, um, you know, the, the, what jury uh, back, you know, from this was, wait a minute, he had custody of her, even though it wasn't really legal custody. How did he bring her to the doctor? How did he bring, you know, all these little things? How did he register her in school? Did he pretend to be the parent? Oh. Because really, that doesn't happen. No, <laughs> so, no. 
No, no, I, I mean, it's puzzling and, and it's just, you know, why leave that up to grabs? And I remember I was uh, speaking to some, uh, and, and why, and not even colleagues, but, you know, I think one of the typical um, places where people pause and not do this is where they say, well, I can't even think of someone. I get it, but you have to start. You have to start, you know, because right now, if you have nothing, then really your children are at a big disadvantage of where they're going to be, um, you know, and, and to make these applications. So say you don't have anything in place, but you do have a very well-meaning brother or sister say, oh, I'll do it. Well, they're going to have to spend money to mm-hmm. get up to par, make a petition to the court so that they can be appointed. And that takes months. That's not overnight, you know, yep. so, you know, so I, I really feel that, you know, it, there's always just pluses to doing this while you're alive. Here's another example, right, Chris? So we had, um, I've gotten, it's already a couple of times now, calls from people where this was the scenario. Um, mom and dad divorced, dad died, dad had a life insurance and he named the kids as beneficiaries. Well, the problem was kids were 10 and 12 minors, so they can't inherit this uh, life insurance policy. So mom says, oh, okay. So she calls the life insurance company saying, uh, can I help? Can I, what can I do? And they said, well, are you guardian? And she said, I'm the mom, I'm the biological mom. Right. Mm -hmm. But I need something in writing that appoints you as guardian. So the issue is if ex-husband had a will that said that, um, you know, anything that any beneficiary who is below the age of 21, or in this case for my kids, um, I appoint my, my ex-wife as a guardian so she can manage or somebody could be anybody. So first, you know, client had to get over the fact that, wait a minute, I'm the biologic mom and I have to apply for guardianship. Fine. So we help her get appointed as guardian, but then we got an objection. We get this object because when you apply for this, you have to put notices out to next of mm-hmm. kids like that. Yep. Got an objection from ex brother in law, and mm-hmm. I remember looking at like who's this guy. And <laughs> the issue was she says, "Oh my gosh, we never got along," and now he's objecting. I'm thinking he wants to be a guardian of the kids, and he said, "I feel I'm the better person to manage money," and said all these derogatory things about our client. So anyway. This turned out to be, a, you know, almost litigated, you know, can you imagine that this would have been resolved if, so, if ex-husband had a will and right. appointed, even if he appointed his brother, then at least we know, you know, then that's it, then it's done, exactly. you know, and he'll manage the money for them. That's just how it goes. But uh, it's a mess. So, you know, please, everyone, if you're listening to this, please, that's a, <laughs> young kids, just have a will, have a will, yes. have a will, have somebody in charge of the money, have somebody in charge of the children. It's so not always the same person. It could be two different people, exactly. but you know, it's good to, I always recommend, you know, if you don't trust one person to have the money because they, you think that they might have some kind of conflict of interest because they have their own children, then by all means have somebody else, but think about what works best for your family and um, put it in writing because otherwise oh, yeah. it's up for grabs. It is. And just more stress, more money, uh, mm-hmm. to get things done. And, and again, time, time, we lose right, a lot right. of time, you just can't get that back. Mm-hmm. So that actually leads us to this next topic in the news. And it does entail Heath Ledger, who was the star of this last mm-hmm. movie. And yeah. it's an, unfortunate, right? How life yeah. imitates art, Ugh, unfortunately. So you know, in the big Thing, like we had said in that movie appointing a guardian it's so important to do when you have minor children but you know another thing that you should always have if you have an estate plan they have a will 
Well, the next step is also making sure it's current. It's updated. (laughs) I always say sometimes, you know, an outdated will is as if you had no will, you know, because we're going to be faced with the same problem. So Heath Ledger, you really, you know, he really became a breakout star, uh, which was very nice. It was in, I guess in Batman, right? He was the Mm -h. Joker and that's when he became big. I mean, he really played a good character there. You know, I mean, he was very convincing. Mm -hmm. He was really, really good. He even got an Oscar for it um, posthumously. So 2003, he was doing the right thing. He was thinking my career is taking off. So maybe I better get some, I should adult. I should be mature. I have time to grow up. Let's get a will. So he adulted. He was adulting. So, you know, I, I feel that, okay, he did the right thing. He got a will. I believe it was done in Australia, you know, because he was still domiciled in Australia at that time, 2003. At that time, he wasn't married. He didn't have any children. So in 2003, he elects his father's beneficiary and his executor. So executor, you're in charge of reading the will. And then he's his beneficiary. He'll receive everything. God forbid something happens to his son. Well, as time goes on, uh, you know, Keith becomes this big celebrity. He um, starts a relationship with Michelle Williams, who's also another movie star, and they don't get married, but they have a child, Matilda. And he did have some foresight that he decided to get out uh, to take out a life insurance policy for Matilda in the amount of $10 million. Matilda, I believe, is the beneficiary. So that was good. So now here we are. We're probably now in 2008. Unfortunately, he dies. And he dies living in New York City with um, um, with uh, his wife. I'm sorry, with Michelle Williams. And the problem is again, he had an outdated will because it never reflects Matilda. Doesn't reflect anything with Michelle, if you wanted to think. And also, it didn't update where he's a resident of. So, you know, those are big things, everyone, because. When you die, you want to make sure people who are involved in your life are reflected Mm -hmm. and there are unfortunately tax implications when you die and depending on where you live, it could be great or not. You know, a lot of times people choose where they retire based upon the tax laws because they know that if I'm a resident in a certain state and I die, I won't have to pay certain type of taxes. So people are very strategic about that. Not all the time, but a lot of times. So, <laughs> you know, we look at Keith and here's some issues. So he dies not mentioning his daughter. It's still his father as mm-hmm. beneficiary executor. Mm-hmm. Nothing about Michelle. I think she was just SOL to be quite honest. I don't think yeah. anything. Nothing. She's having, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's the mother of the child, but nothing. Right. Okay. So well, yeah, that's not even in charge of their money, her daughter's money. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Not I know she wasn't even appointed yet to help manage the money. Then because things were a little foggy about where his residence, he had huge tax implications. So that $10 million life insurance policy was in jeopardy, quite frankly, from all the research and the things that I was looking at. And that could have been avoided. So everyone looks to the father of of Heath and Mm -hmm. the father puts this out this message. I'll make sure to take care of my granddaughter. Okay, that's good. But then we're finding out as things are going along that he never took care of her. And he was blowing the money. Um, interested, concerned uncles were now saying, okay, you're not doing the right thing. So they had him removed. And to remove someone as an executor, 
you could do it either by court action or consent. I believe they may have started an action, but it ended up with an agreement. But very, you know, Chris, we have these cases, very extensive yeah. endeavors, very hard, very, very hard, very hard to do, unfortunately. Um, so what we always want to make sure, again, update your will, because not only would you have financial implications, but here's a daughter who wasn't even mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. it's just very, very hard. Um, and so again, I just think Chris, you know, having your will reviewed, um, you know, definitely maybe every three to five years seems to be like a rule of thumb, yes. but when major things happen, like a birth of a child, yeah, you have to have that. Unless you provided for all children, I mean, unless yes. you have something in your will that says all my children living at the time of my will, they equally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. And it's always, you know, I most, I, I got to say, one of the things I'm most worried about is whenever you don't have alternates to be in charge of things, you know, whether it's a will or a power of attorney, you have to have alternates because sometimes you just never know if that, oh, that person is going to pass away. And then here you are with a will that doesn't have anybody who's in charge because you never planned for, you know, that. So that's one thing we always like recommend. And you know, to think about any, you know, whenever we think about these wills, we really think about it for now, you know, it obviously it's hard to fathom that you would pass away now, but you have to think about it in that sense, because God forbid you walk after you said you walk out of the office after signing the will and something happens, but at least it's good now. It's really effective now. And that's why it's good to just get together with your clients every three to five years and to say, all right, so this still makes sense now. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you and I just attended a webinar yesterday mm -hmm. and the uh, CPA was actually saying that, you know, we are all here. You should have typically a, a typical family has three types of advisors, right? right. Um, you'll have your financial advisor, you'll have your CPA and then your attorney. And yes. he was really a big it was very important. He felt to meet with them every year just to chat. And I agree okay. with that. You know, I don't think it hurts. Sometimes there's just no changes, which is great. But it's good to touch base to remember mm -hmm. who's involved to mm -hmm. and, and keep bringing up their names, right? Because um, family members want to know how can we help if something goes wrong? And it's nice to know, oh, you know, they mentioned Christine's name. They mentioned her name. They mentioned like, okay, she must be someone that we need, you know, there, there's a better way to do it. But I think the more you're involved in their lives, the more, you know, you're brought up during family discussions and everyone feels comfortable um, with, with knowing you're around. Um, but here's an example. So I had a file a few years ago and um, the couple, uh, it was um, our client, basically um, husband and wife married, um, husband died and apparently he had a life insurance that he did not update and he had his parents as a beneficiary mm -hmm. and it was almost a million dollar um, life insurance proceed wow. so wife was upset because she felt that it should have been hers so mm -hmm. uh, litigation did ensue unfortunately um, but and they did settle on it and she received probably not half but she received something because technically you know, according to how it was written out, you know, the, the life insurance forms, um, you know, the life insurance company writes out who's the beneficiary, they write the check to the beneficiary, and that's it. There's mm -hmm. nothing she really didn't have a great uh, say of what to do to change that. So, you know, and if the in-laws are not getting along, you know, um, that's mm -hmm. a problem. Oh, yeah, exactly. That was an actual case that we had. And it was very, very hard. It was very hard, very heartbreaking for everybody, you know, so yeah, yeah. so 
Look at your beneficiary forms, not just your estate documents, beneficiary forms, making sure it, it makes sense to you. You know, whoever you put in there, that's who you want. And you know what? If he wanted his parents, well, okay, I guess so, you know, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of has to be articulated somewhere because otherwise everyone was just up in the air saying like, why did he do that? So that, that's, exactly. yeah. And you can see it was done before he got married. So it was just something he forgot about. Yeah. So, yeah. Like but yeah, happened. so it's a shame. Yeah. All right. Well, I just think again, so rule to everyone based upon the movie and just, <laughs> Heath Ledger's like this was the Heath Ledger hour, <laughs> and so so uh, really everyone. Is, the, oh yeah, mm. yeah and the, the message wasn't clear. Update, update, update. Keep it current. Yes, yes. You know, keep it current. Or, at the very least, have a will. That's the important thing. Minor children must. You must have a will. Yeah, that. for sure. <laughs> That's right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I hope, you know, you got some good information from this. It was our pleasure. We always have a fun doing this. Uh, we're going to be doing our next episode uh, really soon. Episode three coming up again. Thank you so much for joining us and everyone have a great day. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for listening. For more, go to mattismall.com.